You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hey everybody, this is Sophie and welcome to a bonus series of the Big Boo Cast that we're calling Five Questions. Here's the deal. We're going to spend a few weeks talking to some of our writer friends and friends who are connected in one way or another to our writing lives. And on each of these episodes that will be about 25-ish minutes apiece, we're going to ask five main questions. Now that doesn't include follow-ups just five main questions and we're hoping that this will be a fun way to have conversations that we've wanted to have for a long time but that are difficult to fit into a regular podcast episode. So we're testing the waters a little bit with this series and as we do that we hope it will be a great opportunity to start off your week with some laughs as well as some perspective and some insight because we're fancy like that. Today we are talking to our friend Erin Moon who is For one thing, the darling of Instagram. That's really her official title. And she is also one of the most gifted writers Melanie and I know. Erin works with our friends at the Popcast Media Group as their resident Bible scholar and host of Faith Adjacent, a spinoff of the crazy popular Bible Binge podcast. Erin is also the author of two Linton devotionals, Memento Mori and Every Broken Thing, as well as a 10-day devotional called The Comfortable Words. She's a Texan in exile in Alabama, and she lives here in Birmingham with her beautiful, hilarious family. We hope y'all enjoy the Big Bee Cast Five Questions with Erin Ming. Hey, everybody, this is Sophie. This is Bee Mama. Hey, it's Melanie. It's Big Mama. And it's Aaron, uh, unmama, not <laughs> desperately wants to be mama in this context. Uh, we're so glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here. This is a joy. Listen, you are a joy. Yes, you are. This is a kickoff of a whole new thing. Well, th- listen, it may be a short-term thing. We don't know, but we're giving it a try. <laughs> I like yes. that you're just putting it out there. You're just like, hey, universe, what do you think about this? And we're, you're just going for it. I love it. Yeah. Does this work? We'll see. Mm-hmm. Okay. So five questions and we're going to, we'll have follow-ups occasionally maybe, but Melanie's going to kick us off with question one and we'll see where it takes us. And then we'll just alternate and, and it's going to be big fun. I'm ready. All right. I'll kick it off. All right. So number one, Aaron, you grew up in the Amarillo area, which we got to experience with you a year or two ago, which was so much fun that you guys have like seen my parents' bathroom at this point. (laughs) Yes. What a joy. (laughs) We have. We're in it. But you've lived in Alabama. You were that rare breed that left Texas. But here's my question to you. Will you ever get over Texas? Uh, No. Listen, there's just too much of me 
in Texas. Do you know what I mean? Like I like it's it's that it's that like holiness of a place for me. Yeah. Like, you know, my my family, like we we have a ranch. Um it is like it's a working cattle ranch that it's just like like I feel the dirt of it in my bones in uh-huh. like a spiritual way. And so I just I just don't think that there's a way for me to get over Texas, not because of Texas itself, even though I do love Texas. I believe we have superior barbecue. We have Bucky's. We've given the world kolaches. Do you know yes. what I mean? Like there's yeah. just a lot that we've given to yeah. uh, this this earth. Yeah. But but it's more about the people for me. I think Yeah, it's, it's like my family, my great, like all of my memories about my grandparents who have passed on, like there it's there. And so it's just that, like, it's just like a, it's just like a little Jesus magnet. I just, when I go back, I just feel, I feel like the stirring and I get closer. I feel like I'm just closer to Jesus there. I know mm-hmm. that's, yeah. but I think that's probably true for, for you in Mississippi, Sophie. Yeah, I think it is true for Mississippi, particularly, I think, like the parts that are connected to my grandparents for me, they go really deep. And there's something about that land that feels like it almost summons me. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like my memories are all tangled up in that land. So it's not as much about the, the whole state, even though I have great memories there, but it's, it's about the family connections there. And I still have a, this kind of deep dream that I would like at some point to build just a little writer's cabin on my grandparents' land, you know, like a place. There's something about that that feels like (laughs) sort of Mm -hmm. Pat Conroy-ish to me, like to return to the place (laughs) and Uh to compose books there. I don't know that it'll ever happen, but, but yeah, I don't know. There's there's for sure something about it, but I I, want to say this because you, you hit on this a little bit because here's what I've noticed and we're moving into our second question is that all of us who grew up in other parts of the country feel real good about that and feel generally good about the places where we grew up until we encounter Texans Mm. Um, because then we're (laughs) like oh well you you have some strong feelings about that's there. true that's true <laughs> here's my question if somebody were to say to you Aaron and Melanie you may want to chime in on this too mm-hmm. um like Texas I don't get it I mean I just don't understand <laughs> how how would you respond because what what is it what is there to get there and I would also ask that as you answer this please be gentle <laughs> and um please also feel free to expound more on Bucky's. just well <laughs> I'm so I'm thrilled that the national treasure that is Bucky's is slowly making its way throughout the country. I, I feel I feel really good about that. Have you been to the one here in Birmingham? Oh yes. Okay. I have, <laughs> uh, like you had, but yeah, I just like the when I when I like get within it's like it's like when I see the Dickies in uh, <laughs> the Dallas Love Airport. Right. It's just like. I could eat anything here, right. but I'm obviously going to go to Dickie's because Stephen is there, who is the guy who chops the brisket for the brisket sandwiches. And we yes. kind of become friends at this point. <laughs> and he like sees me coming and he's like, oh my gosh, yeah, you're back. You want your chopped brisket sandwich. And I'm mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. because I'm finally here and you understand how to do the brisket, you know, here in the airport better than anybody else does in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> which is magical. So, but I, I don't know. I just, I think like when I moved here, I'm, I'm really interested in what 
what Melanie has to say about this. Mm -hmm. When I moved here, it was like, when I moved to Alabama, people were nice and they were very kind, Mm -hmm. but if they, if they didn't like you, there was, there was this like, oh my gosh, bless you. You know, that kind of, that, it's kind of like this, this sort of fake thing, but precious? When, is it, are you yes. saying it was precious, Aaron? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, and like, that's manners and I'm appreciative. <laughs> I went to cotillion, so I know how to foxtrot and I know which forks to use. And I know about manners, but like when, when in Texas, if someone doesn't like you, it's, there's like, like everyone's friendly and nice, but you know, like, you know, wh- where you okay. where and yeah. I think that's what I appreciate. I, I'm interested to know what Melanie thinks though. That's okay. It's funny that you just said that. Cause I just had lunch with a new friend of mine who moved here from California like a year ago. And she had the pleasure of going out to dinner with Perry and I like two weeks ago. Uh-huh. And she said, I'm going to tell you said what I appreciate. She said, I really liked Perry. She said, because he's so nice. And she said, he's so kind and he's so friendly. She said, but you can tell he isn't afraid to give you his honest opinion about anything. And I yeah. was like, mm-hmm. that's it. Like he's, we're going to shoot you straight. And, and, and here's the thing, we're going to even maybe figure out ways to encourage you to be better. But <laughs> yes, not, yes. And we have lots of ideas about that. Too, that's right. That. That's yeah. right. But we're not going to just okay. bless your heart into oblivion. We're going to say, but I think Texas to me, it has that, the fact that it was kind of founded by outlaws and rebels and people who went in search of a new kind of wild place. It still has a little bit of that. Like the thing that has tickled me so much about Texas over the past month is when Sharon says so on Instagram, like when she blew everybody's mind, when she said, Texas can't secede. Cause we're like, yeah, yeah we can. Yeah, we can. <laughs> We've Sharon. All been raised with that. Sharon, I'm sorry. You seem to know a lot, but you are clearly wrong about this. Like, <laughs> but she's right. You know, and, I, but I think it's that, I think it's that there's, uh, there's a lack of passive aggression. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just like, Hey, we're going to be upfront about this. Like put your, put all your cards on the table. Mm-hmm. This makes so much sense to me because there have been times when I have thought, cause Melanie is more of a straight shooter than I am in terms of how, like when she believes something, she's not going to sugarcoat it for like anybody's comfort. You know, she's just going to be direct about it. And so that's been interesting to me because we're both nines and I have thought, well, that's like, Somehow is that two different sides of the nine coin, but no, it's the Texas piece it's the of the nine in her blood. That's, That's what it. it. That's yeah. it. That makes That's so it. much sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that I can make waffles in the shape of my state. So exactly. I don't need you to tell me anything. You can't, t- you can't tell me what to do. I can make waffles yes. that inspire the, like the people it's, That's it's it. beautiful. And there's something about it that to me captures the whole pop culture. Cause I think it's why Dallas Cowboys were America's team, you know, in the seventies and the eighties. I think it's why people love Friday night lights. It's like Mm -hmm. everybody wants like a, the Tim Riggins and the coach Taylor and the Friday night football. And I know I've said this before, but Aaron, you'll love this. A friend of mine who was a pilot for Southwest said one time that Southwest pilots can fly Texas on a Friday night in the fall and they could literally just follow the stadium lights like it would guide them to wherever they needed That's to go poetic <laughs> you know one of my favorite stories like that is um the the band that did explode uh the band that did the theme song for Friday Night Lights Explosions in the Sky mm-hmm. there I love their music it's great they're on my writing playlist but they every time they uh every time they play a concert they would put up a texas flag and they would start off their concert saying hey we're explosions in the sky we're just a band from texas and we're going to do our best and like <laughs> i was like 
You know what? That is a great, that's just really beautiful, honestly. It is. Uh, it's simple and it's simple. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. works. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. Hey, today's show is sponsored exclusively by our favorite British streaming service, Acorn TV. And we invite everyone to support Acorn TV because their support of the Big Boo cast allows us to keep our show free for all of you. Here is why we love them. Acorn TV is a commercial-free streaming service that's rooted in British television, which is my very favorite kind of television. It has such a rich catalog of award-winning series across genres, including mysteries, dramas, comedies, and so much more. From production to performances, the series you'll find on Acorn TV are exceptional because they're cleverly written, they're visually striking, and feature renowned actors like David Tennant and Thandi Newton. And Acorn TV has exclusive premieres and originals that you won't see anywhere else. One of my new favorites is called Raised by Wolves. It was created and written by best-selling author Caitlin Moran, who wrote How to Be a Woman. It is uproarious, it's an award-winning British comedy, and it follows six socially isolated homeschooled siblings and their formidable single mother. Y'all, this is a recipe for a great show. Wall Street Journal said the jokes here are raw, frequent, and very, very funny. Those are my very favorite kind of jokes. Sadly, there are only two seasons, but on the upside, it's 13 episodes in all, which made it a fun, quick watch that I was sad to see end because I loved these characters. This family will capture your heart and make you laugh out loud. You'll be so glad to not miss it. Plus, you get thousands of hours of new, refreshing content on Acorn TV for a fraction of the cost compared to most streaming services at just $5.99 a month. I get Acorn TV through my new beloved Roku stick, but you can also get it through Amazon Prime, which is how I used to watch pre-Roku days, and so many other options. From all of us here at the Big Boo Cast, we thank Acorn TV for sponsoring today's show, because it's sponsors like Acorn TV that make what we do possible. Try Acorn TV free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use my promo code BIGBOO. That's A-C-O-R-N dot TV code BIGBOO to get your first 30 days for free. So, okay, so let's pivot because everybody's going to be like, okay, we get it. Texas is awesome. (laughs) So good. Um, So for Sophie and I, like we've talked about, like we found our writing voices, like our our writing journey, if you will, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, started on our blogs. And that was, you were, you're a little younger than us and you're probably a little cooler or definitely a little cooler Mm -hmm. than us. For sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you wrote for student ministries for years, but it feels like, and I think the case could be made that you really found kind of your writing voice on Instagram. And Mm -hmm. so I think the question is, is like, how has Instagram been helpful to you as a writer? And how did that help you to kind of develop what you do and to find your voice? Oh, that's a great question. I think that for, now I did have a blog. It was, uh, I was nowhere near as consistent as the two of you, nor, uh, nor did anyone read it. So uh, that, that was helpful. I think for me, something that was really helpful is that I could just try stuff out. Mm-hmm. And part of, part of my job was, uh, was to write like blog posts about student ministry or sketches uh, about Jesus, which is great, uh, really great experience that everyone should have truly. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was, but I, but I didn't do it in a vacuum. And so it was like, Hey, uh, I'm going to write this and then I'm going to turn it over to seven other people who are going to absolutely destroy it. Mm -hmm. But like, 
with love in their heart for me. And yes. so uh, I became very quickly uh, like attached to the editing process and knowing that it's not the, it's not that first draft. It's like, you've got to go through several iterations. Mm-hmm. And I think what, what Instagram did is it gave me like, uh, it helped me not be so long winded mm, yeah, uh, in that good. like, okay, I'm going to post this caption. This is what I want to say. Oh, well you, again, your caption is too long because you have a problem with editing yourself. So it was this, okay, well, if I took out this or if I reset this, you know, whatever, I think that has been really helpful too. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like very practically. And then it's just, and then it's just that, like that, uh, the practice of doing it is so under, you know, it's, it's, it's so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, but it's the secret sauce. The practice yeah. the consistency of it is the secret sauce of writing. I rem- I think. Yes. Like I remember going away for the summer. I was a theater major going away for the summer. And I spent, uh, I spent my whole summer acting with an acting troupe. Now we, it was not like particularly, uh, like there was no Shakespeare going on here. Yeah. There, it was, uh-huh. It was just like, I just did it every, every day. Like Mm. literally I acted every day. Some of it was improv. Some of it was like scripted stuff. But when I came back to school and did my first audition of the, of the semester, my professors were all like, what did you do over the summer? And I was like, well, I like pretended to be a kid at a party. (laughs) (laughs) And then also like, I pretended that I was stuck in a mall, like in the morning for yeah. Five minutes and they're like oh well we can tell a huge difference in what you did I think it's just that like you just keep doing it and you keep getting better yeah and that's that mm-hmm. that in and of itself is is that practice but I think you're totally right it is a secret sauce and don't yeah. you think Tay the practice I think of Instagram you learn how to be funny or you learn how to to make things funny in a shorter period of time yeah like mm-hmm. you're, you're to tee something up and then to hit the ball, so to speak, it's a, sh- yeah. it's a shorter period of time than it is in any other kind of written form. And it's like, there's an efficiency to that. That's helpful. I think. I think yeah. so too. And I think you learn how to, to like get your point out across, you learn what's interesting and, and it's immediate feedback too, which is yeah. helpful and also not Mm-hmm. I know. And you just go, okay, well, somebody really resonated with this and this makes me think of this or, and you know, so it's just that it's like kind of a hive mind around it, not in a bad way, but in a way that I think kind of sharpens your, your tool as yeah. you go. Okay. I, yeah. I think you've done a great job, Erin, by the way. I think Thank you've, you. Wow. yeah, mm-hmm. you really have. And you were really, you were the trailblazer. I know everybody does it now. And Sophie and I do it now, but you were really the first one that really successfully used gifts or GIFs, however you want to say it, on your stories, Mm -hmm. um, which I feel like was really one of your top Instagram ministries, like was kind of teaching everybody how to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, It inspired us all to be better as well. Like the Vasquez de Gama of... Am I the Cortez? Like, yes. Am I like one of the Spanish explorers? Of- you really are. You really pretty are. Much, pretty right. much. Pretty right. much. Yeah. With, with a lot less baggage, I feel like. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Less colonialism. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So here's here's our next question. Is, again, um, we're really setting you up as a, a trailblazer, Aaron. And I didn't really think about that <laughs> until we started moving through these questions. But I do think this is true. 
because I think Melanie and I, because we're a little older than you are, we probably felt like we had to follow a certain path. Like there was an order in which we needed to do things as far as our writing lives go. But you millennial that you are, um, with your side part, by the mm-hmm. way, yes, that's uh, right. I feel my crown like, of wisdom. That's so. right. I feel like one of the things I love about the way that you have moved through your writing life is that you have really figured out how to pave a path that works for you. And Melanie and I have had a ton of conversations over the years, an obnoxious amount of conversations Mm -hmm. about writing and publishing and somewhere along the way. And and you and I have had lots of conversations about this, but Mm -hmm. you have really figured out that self-publishing one is something that you really like doing. And two, it's something you're really good at doing. And you've had a lot of success doing it. So as you, as you look at that, like the, the kind of the last three years, maybe, what do you think has made self-publishing such a good fit for you? Well, I am a control freak. So that okay. is one thing. When I think about, when I think about like, you know, having someone publish my, like that's attractive to me because that's just a dream of mine is to public, like really publish a book, you know, with a publishing house one day. But but for me, I'm, I, I don't want to give that, that stuff up because like, because my hands are clawed around them in a way (laughs) Mm -hmm. that I feel will murder the thing if it's taken away from me. And so, and the internet now is so vast and we can teach ourselves how to do things with such ease in a way that would like, if I told a 14th century monk, like what I know, the things that I know in my <laughs> life, like it would, it would kill him. Like wow. just, he would just die of all the information. And so I just go, there's a way to do this without, you know, and still keep in control of the things that you, that are really, really important to you. Right. So that's, that's why yes. I think it works for me particularly, but that doesn't mean that like, and I think that it can, it can work for people sometimes, or maybe it's for you on this particular project, right. or, you know, maybe you want yeah. to, you know, whatever. I think, I think it's just knowing maybe when it's right for you and when you need to look for another way. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is me. I'm giving you a standing ovation from here in Texas. because <laughs> <laughs> I know you didn't want to throw publishing under the bus, but I will say as someone who has most recently had a miserable experience, like there is nothing that kills your creativity and kind of your sense of self and your confidence, like, like somebody constantly second guessing what you want to put out into the world and what yeah. you feel strongly about. And like, you have been somebody that for me, who's done the traditional publishing, I'm like, oh, I want to do this like Aaron Moon next time. Like this is the way to do it, to be able to really put out what you love and what you want. And I think that what so many people don't realize about traditional publishing is it's, it sounds good and it can be good when it's, I mean, I've also had the benefit of having it when it's been a good match. And so that's a whole different experience, but like, you know, there is this thing of that, that's going to be your ticket. And then what you don't realize is they're going to come to you and say, now, how are we going to sell this book? And you're like, well, I could have done that on my own. Like, <laughs> well, I, I thought that's why you were here. Yeah, but. exactly. Like, oh, oh, so I still have to come up with that part because that was the part I really didn't want to do. So yeah. there is something about having the freedom to self-publish. I mean, I think people should really um, kind of not be afraid of that because I think you've done it and I think you've done it really well. 
Well, that's really nice. I, I just, I think that there is a, I think there's a way to do it. I think that there is, there's so many avenues available to people now, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and why not give it a shot? You know, why not just try and see what happens? And, and I think it's that, it's that continuous, I had a life-changing discussion with Sophie on a plane once and it completely, (laughs) and I, and coming back from Chicago, coming back from Chicago and I'll never forget it. I have like notes from it saved in my phone. And just that, like, just her saying, like, it's, it's time for you to do the thing and not be afraid of what happens when you do it. And that to me, and that's, and that is so simple, but I, I, I have the thickest skull in the world. And so it was just this very like transformative moment for me to just go, just give it a shot. Like see what happens. And that, I think that's, that's all it takes. Yeah. Yeah. It's worked out well for you, Erin. I really like you. You've done a great job. You really have with your, I mean, thank you. When I think about what you must do on like when, when you're putting together like a, a, a Lenten devotional, like, I feel like you enjoy things like selecting fonts and that kind of stuff. (laughs) And it would put me in a corner. It would put me, uh, it it would take me a long time to come out of the spiral that would ensue from all the decisions that you make. But you're so good at those decisions. So I love that you have found, I don't know that you, you've, you've just figured it out. I feel like you could, well, you could do a class, a master class on it. Well, and it also, I mean, also it, it, that like it is there, the, one of the benefits of having a publisher is that you don't have to make those decisions all the time. Like I'm not, if I have a publisher, I'm probably not going to be walking Ethel, who is 89, through how to download a PDF. Now, right. I don't mind doing that for Ethel. She's right. lovely. We have uh-huh. a friendship now. Sure. But it's just you're that, in Ethel's like, will at this point. Yeah, yeah like. exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. So it's just like, it's like, well, there's pros and cons to it for sure. And I think I decide like, what's the thing that's important to me? And that's it. Okay. So our last question, and you were talking about how Sophie kind of inspired you in terms of just do it. And I've been so vocal. I mean, cause I think that all of us as writers and artists, you have people who you're like, oh my gosh, they make me want to be a better writer or they inspired mm-hmm. me to write in the first place. One of my people is Kelly Corrigan. Um, I just mm. love the way she made real life real and funny and tender. Um, and Sophie feels the same way about Anne Lamont and David Sedaris, which I would mm-hmm. add ditto with those, but who are the writers for you that make you want to write? Oh my gosh. Okay. Hold on. I got to think about this. It doesn't okay. have to be a short list. It can be, okay. listen, feel free. Yeah. I can well, play some music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you start an altar call and we'll, we'll go. From right. listen, I think, I one? think, yeah, there is. Um, I, so for me, for like uh, spiritual writing, it was probably uh, Brennan Manning and mm. Henry Nowen. Mm-hmm. Uh, part and partial, like take away like the content, which their content is amazing and mm-hmm. has been deeply formative for me. But the way that these two people string a sentence together, if if like when I get to see them in the heavenly Starbucks one day, <laughs> I just I'm I'm gonna like resort to violence because that's the only way that I can fully express just what it's meant to me to read uh-huh. them. I would definitely put Anne Lamott in there. I would definitely put Madeline Lingle in there. Um, she is some like Flannery O'Connor. Just these people who I like I, when I read 
their work, I want to throw the book across the room. Yes. Because you just go, what, what am I even trying to do? Have right. I, I don't mm-hmm. even know the ABCs at this point, you know? Yeah. And so I think like those people are, are really, really some of the ones that, especially when I was younger and just kind of starting to form, I guess, my own thoughts about things, mm-hmm. the ones who were there and kind of like gently saying like, here's a new way to look at this. Also, I'm going to infuriate you and inspire you mm-hmm. to do better, like to write yeah. better. Um, so I think those, those are it for me. I mean, I feel like I'm missing a, a billion of them, but and when Larry McMurtry, I love Larry oh, McMurtry. I, I knew, so, I knew that was too. coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Lonesome too Dove, young. one of my favorite books of all time, but there again, that's the Texas thing. But it, but it's uh, even outside of that, it is, yeah. it's the best novel that it is. is. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's, I've read it multiple times in my life. I never get tired of it. I don't either. So when you're in the, in the throes of writing, just as this is our last follow-up question, I'm just curious, do you have to take a break from reading other people or does it help you to read other people? Cause I have to take a break when I'm in the, in the middle of something most of the time, because I'll get so discouraged and convince myself that I'm a hack and I don't need to even <laughs> continue with what I'm working on. Yeah, so, no, that's absolutely because I'm I'm naturally very competitive too, and so no, kid, oh no, you're joking, what? <laughs> and so, and then I end up, and then I end up like trying to top them, and that is a disaster. <laughs> like she's like the Holy Spirit's like, baby, no, don't do that. That's not okay. Aaron, thanks a bunch. We love you. Thank you for coming on and talking to us about Texas and writing. Those were, I, I like love you guys. The, the, the two favorite topics we could possibly um, yep. talk about in a public setting. So yeah. we love you, Erin. Thank you so much. Thank y'all so much. This was a joy, a, a Friday afternoon joy. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you later. This episode of the Big Boo Cast has been brought to you by Acorn TV, otherwise known as my new favorite streaming service. To me, there is nothing better than getting under my favorite blanket with a cup of hot tea and pretending I'm British or fake planning trips to Great Britain or Scotland and beyond while I watch brilliant TV from across the pond. That's why I love Acorn TV. Plus, some friends and I were recently talking about how we love to add new British phrases or words to our vocabulary after watching a great show, like um, jolly good, or talk about needing to take a lift, or wearing a jumper, which is a sweater. So if you hear me say these things, you'll know why. You can escape to Britain and beyond without leaving your seat. Try Acorn TV free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use my promo code BIGBOO. That's A-C-O-R-N dot TV, code BIGBOO, to get your first 30 days for free. Thanks to Acorn TV for sponsoring the Big Boo Cast. Alrighty, everybody. Thanks so much for being with us for our first five questions, this time with Erin Moon. You can check out Erin's books on her website, erinhmoon.com. You can listen to Faith Adjacent, her podcast on your favorite podcast app. And you can follow Erin on Instagram at erinhmoon. We will be back this Thursday with our regular episode, 227, and then again next Monday with episode two of Five Questions, when we will be talking with the author of Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First, our brilliant friend, Laura Tremaine. Y'all have the best week. Uh
worked hard for what you have your money your assets your 401k and home isn't it all worth protecting nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft lifelock ultimate plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement lifelock alerts you to identity threats you might miss and if your identity is stolen your dedicated u.s-based restoration specialist will work to fix it let lifelock help protect what you've worked so hard for save 25 off your first year on lifelock ultimate plus at lifelock.com aware terms apply